Over the next four or five weeks, my messages are going to center on various Christmas songs. The ones I've chosen are found in different church hymnals, uh, so there won't be any Jingle Bell Rock or Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer or Santa Claus is Coming to Town or even Jingle Bells. So as I'm writing this, we're listening to the greatest Christmas songs on Amazon Music. So far, none have mentioned the real reason for the season, but everything else but. Many Christian, or excuse me, many Christmas and other Christian songs started as poems. And later on, they were set to music. Many started out as children's Christmas songs. And then were just kind of later adapted to everybody. So I'll, I'll kind of give a brief history of the song, how it came to be written, and by whom. Uh, some of these song stories are very interesting and unexpected, actually. Uh, you may be surprised by the theology, or lack of it, in some of the old favorite Christmas songs. And hopefully I don't turn anybody off totally by some of my findings. But let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks for the wonderful gift of music and learn how it can uh, just turn our, our day around, turn our life around. And Lord, as we look at uh, some songs that have been written to uh, lift up Christmas Day, Lord, let us see the message that's uh, maybe hidden sometimes and we don't understand because we don't know why the, the author wrote the song the way they did. So Lord, help us to get your message that's there. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the song I've chosen for this message is probably not on your top 10 list of Christmas songs. Uh, it didn't even make it into the United Methodist hymnal. And it's, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Okay, so let me tell you what I found about that. This American poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, wrote his poem, Christmas Bells, at the height of the Civil War in 1863. Against his father's wishes, Longfellow's son joined the army and was severely wounded in the Battle of New Hope Church. Shortly prior to his son's being wounded, Longfellow's wife had died in a fire. Longfellow wrote Christmas Bells on Christmas Day in 1863. The text tells of the hearing the bells ring on Christmas Day, but instead of the message of peace on earth, goodwill to men, the message is a strong one of hate that mocks such a song. The text ends, however, with a final ringing of the bells that proclaim the message that God is alive, that right will prevail, and that peace on earth, goodwill to men. So most of the hymnals that I found this song in only had four, maybe five verses, and the original poem had seven verses. So they all seem to skip the same two or three verses. But in a, a, a hymn, I've always said, you need to have the whole thing. Uh, some churches, when I would first get there to be assigned as pastor, and, you know, they'd want to know what hymns we're going to do, and, you know, well, what verses? And it's like, 
you know, one through whatever, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, not one and two and five or whatever it might be. Um, because if you skip verses, you skip part of the story. So this song has been sung by Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Johnny Cash, Travis Tritt, and Casting Crowns. So here's verse one, which may very well be familiar to you. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. In music sweet, the tones repeat. There's peace on earth, goodwill to men. So we need to remember in the days of Longfellow that church bells were important. Uh, church bells were used to uh, alert people to something, uh, maybe something good, maybe something bad. But, you know, if you heard the church bells ringing, you knew that something was going on and you had to, you know, get to the church or find out from somebody what was happening. And churches were a lot more important to a community, especially a small community, uh, that it was, you know, more than just a church. It was the social center. That's where you gathered to get together with friends and family. So now Longfellow, he was going through a really, really difficult time in his life. His wife had died in a fire uh, at their house. That uh, It started in one room of the house, and he was in another part of the house, and her dress caught on fire, and so she was just in fire head to toe. And he tried to put the fire out and wasn't able to, and she died. And then the son that uh, it joined the army and gone to, to fight. Uh, so, you know, he was being pushed from all different sides. So hearing those bells may have been a reminder to him of his present condition, uh, especially the last line of the verse. There's peace on earth, goodwill to men. Uh, the reminder we hear from Luke 2.14, when the angels came to the shepherds and declared to them, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those of whom his favor rests. Okay, so Longfellow was just not able to, to see or feel that peace. Okay, the, the first verses, Longfellow is trying to be as positive as he can, uh, all things considered. Because, no, this is verse 2. It says, I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the broken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So, at this time, Longfellow is remembering that even though he's suffering, that there's others that are celebrating you know, I mean, Christmas comes December 25th every year, not in failing. Uh, no matter what's happening, you know, what's happening in your life, what's happening in the world, you know, Christmas is going to come. And the, the country at that time was in the turmoil of war. And many were anxious for something positive to be happening. Okay, like I said, this is 1863, the war went on for another two years, you know, and he realized that others had suffered loss and injury of loved ones as well. 
about, you know, it wasn't just him. So he knew that he wasn't alone in his losses. He knew that he wasn't uh, the only one that was suffering, but sometimes we don't see that far. You know, sometimes, you know, we just see ourselves in what we're going through. Now, at that time, it said that's when Longfellow uh, grew a beard. He just kind of went into hiding and was doing a lot of writing and wasn't socializing at all. And so he just quit shaving. That's when he had a beard was after that time. So in verse 3, Longfellow pens how he really feels. He's not trying to hide his pain in this verse. It says, And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. When I read this or when I sing this verse, I'm reminded of David. You know, how many times did David cry out to the Lord like this in the Psalms? You know, Psalm 12, the first two verses, says, Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. And a couple of the, the prophets echoed this as well in Isaiah 57, first verse. It says, The righteous perish, and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. And then in Micah 7, 2, he says, the faithful have been swept from the land. Not one upright person remains. Everyone lies in wait to shed blood. They hunt each other with nets. Okay, Longfellow was just tired of the hate that he saw, the hate that had severely injured his son, the hate that had taken the lives of others that he knew in the war. You know, friends and neighbors that, you know, the husband or sons had died. And it seemed to him that God had just kind of forsaken America, that he was just kind of leaving it to destroy itself. Well, in, in verse 4, we see that there's, there's some hope, because it says, Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. For Christ is here, his spirit near, brings peace on earth, goodwill to men. Longfellow, maybe at this point, was able to see some hope. You know, this was the middle of the war, but maybe he was able to see that, you know, things were maybe starting to turn, maybe things were starting to get better. Now, you need to remember that the he was in a time where information wasn't given as rapidly as it is today. You know, something happens right this minute, you're going to see it online or on TV or on the radio, you know, within a very short time. Where, you know, Longfellow's time, it may be a week or more before you heard of something good or bad that had happened. So, but maybe he was seeing some hope. Because that one lie says, 
then pealed the bells more loud and deep. Maybe he'd begun to hear with different ears because he decided he needed to hear things differently. He remembered the goodness of the Lord. He remembered the, the suffering of Jesus and how, you know, God, his son was sent to die. You know, I mean, Longfellow's son was still alive, though severely injured, but at least he was still alive. And then he knew that the Lord's spirit was in him and would get him and his country through this difficult time that they were seeing right now. Well, the next two verses are the ones that are usually omitted. Uh, it's thought because of wanting to be, even at that time, politically correct and eliminate anything that may have somehow spoken of the war that was tearing the country apart. Okay, so verse 5 goes like this. When men repent and turn from sin, the Prince of Peace then enters in, and grace imparts with human hearts his peace on earth, goodwill to men. Okay, that first line, when men repent and turn from sin, what was going to have to happen for that, that would make that come about? Well, somebody's got to admit that they're wrong. Okay, that's not going to happen. Okay. That would be admitting that the Civil War was wrong, that both sides would come together and say, you know, this is really stupid. We shouldn't be killing each other, some of us killing our own family members, and we were wrong in doing this. Not going to happen, is it? Well, Longfellow knew that was what was needed to happen, but I imagine he knew that neither side was ready to do that because if they would that would mean that they were defeated. So instead, there was more death that was going to be happening, more families that were going to be torn apart. Now, Longfellow knew that if repentance could be achieved, that only them would then would peace come. Because he says in that next line, the Prince of Peace then enters in. Okay, after repentance, the Prince of Peace enters in. And only then would there be his peace on earth, goodwill to men. That is what everyone wanted. The last three lines of this verse. It says, it would not come without the first line, repentance. In Second Chronicles 7.14, a verse that may be familiar to you, it says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That verse is as relevant now as it was then and is as relevant now as when it was written. Okay, a lot of people here in the United States are saying, you know, we need to pray that, you know, things are going to change. Well, God says, yeah, they will. But you have to pray. You have to humble yourself. You have to seek my face. Ah, next one, turn from your wicked ways. Not ready to do that yet. Not going to happen.
Well, verse 6 isn't the other one that's normally omitted. It says, O souls amid earth's busy strife, the word of God is light and life. O hear his voice, make him your choice. Hail, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Longfellow wants God's word to be heard above the din of the battles. It didn't make any difference if you were blue or gray, north or south, right or wrong. He knew that only turning to the Lord would bring a true end to those battles and an end to that war. You know, throughout the Old Testament, we see time after time where there's a battle going on. You know, somebody's fighting somebody. And if the Israelites went to the Lord inside his will, they would do the right thing. So let me stay with Second Chronicles. This is chapter 20, starting in verse 13. It says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, and it went on to some more sons of whoever, but I couldn't pronounce them. So, but the son of Zechariah, a Levite, and a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. Okay, so this is a man that's just there with everybody else, and the Lord's Spirit came on him. And he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the path of pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Okay, when we hear God's voice, okay, and I'm not talking about an audible voice, maybe sometimes, but in his word or just however he comes to us, but if we hear that voice, and we follow his directions, victory is going to come. Okay, now we may not be facing huge armies and fighting battles to save our home and our city, but our battles can be as big. Okay, we're fighting battles on, with finances or illness or relationships or joblessness. We're fighting battles of choices that we need to make. You know, what school to go to? You know, should I move or not? Should I take this job? Okay, and the Lord's going to help us in these things. He's going to have to see us through these things. You know, God didn't remove the Red Sea for Moses and the Israelites. He just made a way through it. So the Lord may not remove your problems, but he'll show you a way through. Well, the last verse, verse 7 it's then happy, singing on your way. Your world will change from night to day. 
Your heart will feel the message real of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Okay, and this Longfellow had found his faith. He realized that through everything, that God still reigns, that it doesn't matter what's happening to us or around us, the things that we hear about, God is still God. You know, he still sits on the throne. It says, your world will change from night to day. Now, where you are in life, that may seem pretty drastic right now. And the change may not come as quickly as you like. No, uh, well, it will not come as quickly as we would like because we want it to happen now. But God can lead us into that dark valley. We don't know why, but he's going to lead us through that valley as well because that's what a shepherd does. Now, the contemporary Christian group Casting Crowns took a few verses out like everybody else did, but they added some of their own lyrics at the same time that I want to share. It says, But the bells are ringing like a choir singing. Does anybody hear them? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. No matter what may be wrong in your life right now, you and God can change it. Okay, Just like he changed the whole world on Christmas morning. But unfortunately, many people missed that miracle because they didn't believe. Because they thought they knew better. Okay, all of the, the Bible scholars, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, you know, they didn't think Jesus was Jesus because it didn't happen the way they thought it should happen, but they didn't know. And, you know, we're still facing a lot of Pharisees today. So it's not unlike today. People still miss the miracle. They don't believe, and they think that they know better. Or some people think, you know, this becoming a Christian, it's just too simple. Okay, there's got to be more to it. And there must be something that I have to do, you know, that I've got to be good enough, or I've got to, you know, go and be a missionary in wherever in the world. And, and they think it's just too childlike. Well, maybe that's why Jesus said this. In Matthew 18, beginning in verse 2, it says, He called the little child to him and placed the child among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So maybe what we need to do is we need to grow up and become like a child. Let's pray. Father, I just lift up my brothers and sisters that uh, know the meaning of Christmas. They know that Jesus came to earth just like it tells us in the scriptures. And Lord, we know that only by faith, not because it makes sense to us, but we know it by faith. And so, Father, help us to 
cling to that. Lord, help us as believers to not get so caught up in all of the uh, worldly Christmas stuff. Lord, as we go to the stores and we see row after row and shelf after shelf of stuff that has nothing to do with Jesus, Lord, help us to find the, the real meaning once again and to, to come back to our first love, the love of Jesus Christ. And Lord, there may be someone listening that, you know, they've heard that this Jesus has something to do with Christmas, but really don't understand why. I mean, Christ's name is in the word Christmas, so I guess there's a connection there, but they don't know, they don't understand. You know, they've maybe heard the story and think, you know, that sounds really nice, but, you know, it's not what I believe. Lord, help them to know that today is the day that they need to believe. Because, Lord, we never know which day is our last day. And so, Father, I just lift anybody up that that needs your Son in their life. That today would be the day that they make the decision that, that will change their life. So, Lord, I just ask that they would pray a prayer along the, like this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take my sin to the cross to be put in a tomb but to rise from the dead he loved me so much that he was willing to die so I could have eternal life with you in heaven father help me to believe this is true and help me to come closer to you in Jesus name amen amen <laughs>